This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. World Team is answering God's call to bring the gospel to unreached people by starting new ministries in places we don't currently have teams. These expansion ministries are challenging and exciting for all of those involved. We spoke with Pat, who is helping launch a new ministry in South Asia, Liz, who will be joining an expansion team in the Middle East, and Susan, who is overseeing three new expansion ministries in Belgium, Paraguay, and Jordan. I asked Susan about the process of choosing these expansion locations. We started looking at where could we do Muslim ministry globally, and we knew we wanted three different continents or three different distinct areas of the world. And we started out with prayer. I know that sounds like, yes, we all pray, but we actually started out with a phase of prayer. And then we started connecting with some amazing men and women uh, who had expertise in various areas of the world. And they opened up whole networks for us, along with our world team colleagues. And God just through research, prayer, networking led us to three very distinct places. One of the key things is probably looking back at our, our mission and vision statement is that we're focused on the unreached. So as we think about new opportunities for um, and choosing a location that we can move into, one of them would be that it, we're looking for people that are unreached, people that are less than 2% evangelical that we can focus on. Um, there's a lot of other factors that go into it that might point us in a certain direction, but I would say that's probably our key thing is that we're, we're focused on the unreached. What about the process of finding the right people to go and serve in these locations? To be the first one in a new initiative uh, is challenging and it does take some courage. So we looked for people, first of all, who love God and who love people. Uh, who, in my case, were interested in Muslim ministry because that is what we will be doing. And then I look for skill sets uh, that would be useful in these three different locations. Because of the locations that we've chosen, I need people who can manage businesses, create NGOs, plant churches, uh, do the work of an evangelist and a discipler. So we kind of put together a list of skill sets that came out of spiritual maturity, ability to open up the Word of God, to share that with a Muslim audience, and then we looked for very specific skills in the marketplace that would allow them to have visas and go to these places. One of the workers who was chosen for the Jordan expansion is Liz, who currently serves as part of World Team U.S.'s mobilization team and spent time working cross-culturally on short-term trips when she was younger. What drew you back to overseas missions work? It became very clear pretty quickly after taking this job that 
I was going to end up overseas. Learning about every single opening that World Team has and all of our teams around the world and the work that they're doing, especially in the capacity of looking for teammates for them. Every time I would learn about a new place, I could see myself in that role. And so really just felt that tug towards the unreached and the need for some of us to go there. And I think that discipleship ministry and stateside ministry is so important, but could see myself doing that work where there are just less workers. And so as I learned about our fields and just the different options and ministries, I really loved a lot of them, but never quite saw a fit for myself in our existing fields. And so I was so excited when these expansions came up because I do feel like the Middle East expansion is the right fit for me and what the Lord is leading me towards. How was the expansion location in South Asia chosen? And what is the process looking like in this moment? This South Asia location was actually selected by my predecessor. And that was really his vision that he was pushing. And it came about because of actually a significantly displaced um, group from a neighboring country was displaced. And that was that became the focus of the vision for reaching them. But what happened in the process was we realized that actually reaching that that uh, that population was going to be extremely difficult in order to engage for lots of varying reasons. But in doing that, we realized that we were right on the doorstep of the largest unreached people group in the world. And so we decided that, okay, maybe that's not who God has for us right now, but we're also in the midst where we'd be sitting right in the middle of the biggest unreached people group. We should Maybe God is leading us to that group. So that's ultimately how we chose it. Each of these fields that you're sending people to, they're ministering to non-native people. How do you find the right people that fit that mold and can go and minister to other people that are also out of their comfort zone? Three of the four of the expansions are exactly that. We're ministering to the diaspora. People have left their homeland just like our workers are leaving their homeland to be part of another country, culture, and language. Because of that, we have that in common. We all know what it's like to be out of our home country, out of our home culture. And as a result of that, there's an affinity there. I will say this, again, it does require some courage. Uh, It requires someone who's got a bit of a sense of adventure They're going to learn language and culture of the country they're moving to or staying in, in the case of the inn. And then they're going to learn languages of the people that they're going to be ministering to. They'll learn the cultures of both. And so people that love people, people who have a sense of adventure, who enjoy a challenge, they gravitate towards this kind of thing. These are not uh, thrill seekers but people who can encompass and are very inclusional in their thought process. What partnerships, whether they be prayer, financial, or even logistical, are making these expansions possible? All four of these expansions are done on the back of a network, a network of like-minded organizations, mission agencies, businesses, individuals, churches. It is 
significant network that allows any of these to take place. So for example, in Paraguay, our initial team leaders uh, are Uruguayan and Mexican. Our first team members probably to join them will be from an agency located in Central America. Now, do we have Americans joining that team as well? Absolutely. But it is that network. And we formed a, an amazing network on the ground there with other believers from various parts of the world. And so in that particular location, we have uh, a multinational, multi-agency, many different generations, men and women, that will make up that team. And so because of that, we can form these teams much more rapidly. In Belgium and in Jordan, the network has to include a variety of people for us to even get our visas. Mm -hmm. And so we are praising God for the vast numbers of men and women who have come around us, who have allowed us to get to the place that we are. What are some of the partnerships that have made this South Asia expansion a reality? Uh, I'd say number one is, is our partnerships with our other countries in Asia. So part of my job as the area director is to cast vision for that. Um, but they have to be on board with it too because part of building momentum behind an initiative is you get the people that have the voice to speak into it. And so they all have a voice. And so that's been probably the biggest. Um, so one of our, you know, our, uh, the culture that we work in, we talk about being collaborative in our efforts. Collaboration begins in-house where we're collaborating with other. So I would say that would be number one. Um, beyond that would be um, obviously world team, but existing churches. So what existing churches, whether it be in the U.S. or, or wherever, are going to come alongside. So our sending church uh, adopted Cambodia 20 years ago, and they sent a team. They've now adopted this South Asian country and said, we would like to do the same. We know it won't look the same, but they're trying to do that. And so we're also looking at other churches. There's a church in Ohio that's interested uh, and other churches that are, that are willing to get behind that. Um, and then lastly would be other organizations in terms of partnerships. Uh, in this country, you can't just go in as a missionary. And so you have to partner with others in order to make that happen. And so there are organizations that we are, are partnering with and will partner with as we go in. Um, and it may be in a business capacity. It may be in a, a NGO type of capacity. Um, but they're allowing us... Uh, it gives us um, the opportunity to enter uh, that country. What is it like for you being a part of the first group to go over to an expansion location? Going to a brand new field, I think, has just a unique set of circumstances. Um, obviously, if, we, if I was going to a field that had an existing team, there would be a lot more structure and a lot more um, information that I would have access to because I would have teammates on the ground already who are able to share their experiences and help onboard me and help um, just yeah provide wisdom into which language programs or where to live or things like that and so um, being the first on the ground I think really excites me like that is something that I really just 
am eager for to get to help lay the foundation for this team. Um, but it also does just bring unique challenges or just having to find that wisdom from different sources than if you have an established world team team on the ground. Um, and so we are having to seek counsel from many different places about where to live and what language schools and all those kinds of things, whereas normally there would be more of a procedure outlined for that. Um, we're in some ways the guinea pigs of trying something and hoping it works well because it's what we've been told is the best choice, but knowing that it might need to be changed for future teammates down the road. What do you find at this stage in the process excites you about getting over to Jordan? I think having been on our vision trip at this point, I am super encouraged and excited about um, the really good church work that is already going on there in this country and just the faithful believers who are um, trying to reach out to the refugee communities as well as to just their neighbors. Um, and so I am super excited to get to come alongside them and do that with them because there are just not enough churches and not enough believers in um, Jordan to do that well. And so to reach all the people. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm also just excited to um, get there and get settled. Like I love the idea of being there, but the idea of transitions is not my favorite. And so um, even this current stage is a season of transition as we anticipate leaving. And so um, I am excited to have a home and to have neighbors and friends and to be able to get settled in a place where, Lord willing, we will be able to do ministry for a long time. How are you seeing God work throughout this process of choosing locations, finding the right people, and launching these ministries? When we first started, it's a very big world. Where would we start? Where would we go? And as God, through networking, as God brought people into the process, they had wisdom and understanding, different people for different parts of the world that we didn't have or that we needed more of. And as we listened to them, we realized God was narrowing down the whole big world into very specific places. From there, some of the things that have happened, God, only God could have could have done. You know, no amount of strategizing can create what God has put together over a very short period of time. Uh, getting visas to go to Belgium uh, was is truly a God thing. Creating a business and looking for investors, which we're still doing for that business in Jordan, only God can produce that. And so we see God at work in the network in the selection process, the visa process, and then we have team leaders for all four expansions. We've actually launched one in under a year. The need for workers requires churches to get involved. How do you explain to churches the importance of sending people cross-culturally? I think the best way is to cast a vision of what God is doing globally. And then specifically to talk about the vision in this particular geographic location. And people are often shocked, surprised that there are tens of thousands of Muslims in Paraguay. Um, hundreds and hundreds, close to a million Muslims in Belgium, 
a country the size of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And then Jordan obviously is a Muslim majority country and to find out that there's only 61 churches, evangelical churches in Jordan. And so if you look at the Christian population of Jordan, it's so minuscule it doesn't even reach 1%. And so I think casting a vision uh, for what God is doing, what God can do through workers, and inviting people to be part of that. How exciting for a church to be on the front line, in the, you know, sort of in the front pew, watching and praying and participating in what God is doing. How can churches be supportive of these ministries? Intentionally engage would be where, you know, we, particularly in my role as the, the area director for Asia, I interact with all of our missionaries in some capacity. And some have great sending churches that are engaged with their missionaries, that are visiting their missionaries, that are receiving them back well, which is one of the key things that a sending church can do. Um, but there's intentionality behind it. And if you are truly sending them, then send them. That means you stay connected with them. And that means you send them, but you have a team that's working with them, writing them, visiting them, encouraging them. And so intentionality is probably the word that I would use. How have you seen God work throughout this process? He hasn't changed the vision for it. Um, you know, like I said, just going to the mission field, he hasn't, he hasn't closed that door. And visiting last year, being able to visit and seeing just the sheer number of people was literally almost overwhelming. And I, I live in Cambodia, and it can be overwhelming at times. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was overwhelming. Uh, but you also see the incredible need that's there. And when you've got 170 plus million people um, that don't know Christ and very small group of of young Christians ministering in that area you realize that the need for workers is huge and uh, we could send 10,000 people tomorrow and there would still be a need and we're just trying to get one. Um, where I've seen God working, you know, it's, it's seeing that the door hasn't closed but even through our vision trip last year and now um, we have another vision trip coming uh, uh, later this year. Uh, trying to figure out what that means for us in terms of an organization in the Asia area. We've got two young ladies that are interested in potential appointees to that country. Through our vision trip last year, God led us to a couple that is currently working in the international school but is interested in, in church planning ministry. And so there's a potential that they can become a part of what we're doing long-term in that country. And uh, so we still see, and just the literally hundreds of, of connections we've made with, with people from that country and organizations for that country continue to say, yes, there's a need for workers. And so if we can be a part of that as an organization, that's what we want to do. What's next for these expansions? Well, in Paraguay, it's growing the team that's already now on the ground functioning. Uh, that's pretty exciting as we look at a multi-agency, multi-generation, multi-nationality team. That's what's next there is getting the next level of workers 
to the field and working together, I can envision that within three to four years, that team will subdivide and will now be in two different cities. What's next for um, Belgium is we're working with a partner agency located in Belgium to secure our visas. So what's next there is to secure visas and for the team to be able to press forward uh, with arriving in, in Belgium. Our network, our global network in Belgium has surprised even us who do this every day. People from South Africa, people from Italy, people from France and Germany, Belgians, all working together, Egyptians, Turkish uh, people, all working together to make this happen. It is a body of Christ kind of activity that is really exciting. Next steps, finalize the visa process and keep moving forward with the two families that are looking to go to Belgium. In Jordan, we're well on our way with a wonderful network in Jordan and outside of Jordan. The next step there is to secure the investment funds we need to create a business which provides both access to people in everyday life as well as visas which we need. Uh, and so we're hoping that we could have workers on the ground in Jordan in you know 13 or 14 months. How can people be praying for each of these ministries? Number one prayer request, workers. The harvest is plentiful. In Paraguay and in Belgium and in Jordan, we're talking about frontier people groups, unengaged, unreached people groups. And so we need workers, uh, someone to go and share the gospel, to do life together in the community, to share the gospel, to disciple those who put their faith in Christ so the church can be planted and then multiplied. That's our number one prayer request, people. Our second request is just all of the logistics of visas and business and NGOs. Uh, it just takes a lot of administrative and business oversight. We need wisdom. We're dealing with three very different cultures, very different sets of laws and circumstances. And so that's a, our second prayer request. And our third prayer request are the financial resources for our workers, for the projects, so that we can launch and launch well. How can people be praying for this ministry and the expansions that are being developed across the globe by World Team? Number one is just praying for workers. Um, you know, we, we'd love to have an experienced uh, single or couple that could potentially launch this team into into uh, the country and we may be on the cusp of actually having that so you know pray that that could happen uh, it's exciting to think about the possibilities that we could have somebody on the ground in the next year um, but uh, obviously workers is is what the biggest need is um, pray for wisdom for sending churches um, whether they'd be in the states or elsewhere kind of along the questions that you just asked, how does how does a church sin well? Um, it really is the church saying, we are we see the need. We see the largest unreached people group in the world, and we want to invest in that. And then there's a huge motivation behind people that say that that want to go if their church is behind them. 
And if the church can come alongside that individual and say, hey, potential missionary, we think you would be good, they're likely to get there. Whereas if they have to come to the church and say, hey, I think I would be good, it's a little bit harder. So I'd love to see the churches be more intentional behind it so you can pray along those lines. How can people be praying for you and for your team as you embark on this journey? The number one prayer request right now is for more teammates. Um, We are really excited to step forward into this, but are really eager for more people to come alongside as we um, launch this new field. And so we are praying for, um, yeah, teammates, especially with business experience, because that is just um, a pathway that we are exploring. Um, I think another prayer request is just for the individual teammates who already exist for our transition and our um, just preparation process as we are in that right now. Um, So looking to raise support, looking to, um, yeah, just be able to share this with our family and friends and churches well, um, and then being able to launch well to the field when that time comes. You've heard from Pat, Susan, and Liz about how you can be praying for these expansions and the people that will be serving in them. To learn more about these expansions, head to us.worldteam.org go slash priorities. To learn more about World Team's ministry opportunities, go to us.worldteam.org and click go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from World Team workers, click pray. To give to World Teams Ministries, click donate. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team US. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.